show Five Track Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Michael. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. Welcome to another episode of Five Stripe Weekly and Atlanta United. They defeated the Seattle Sounders 2-0 at Lumen Field. For those of you that stayed up for MLS after dark, you were treated to a really good result. A pretty decent performance for the most part, for at least maybe the first 25-30 minutes. But uh, yeah, you know, we uh, were treated to also a Yorgos Yakumakis uh, brace. A couple of headers, we'll pick a, pick them out of the bunch in terms of uh, which one was our favorite as well. But uh, yeah, Michael, what was your thoughts on the match? Just a quick summary for me real quick before we get into the nitty gritty. Um, it was overall, I mean, three points on the road against a good Western Conference opponent is tremendous, especially at this point in the season where we need to put our flag in the ground stake a position to launch a comeback and to make a playoff push uh we seem to have started off on the right foot there's a couple of loose ends there's a couple of issues that crept through a bit luckily the chips fell where they fell seattle did not come up lucky and uh, we were able to keep a clean sheet against a team that seems to be going through a bit of a rough patch but you know you got to win those games and we did so overall, very happy three points away. There are some warning bells going, you know, uh, when we go up against a team like Nashville next week, it could be exploited, could be exposed. Um, hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully it's not that bad. They shore some things up, you know, maybe a new player comes in, makes a stamp on the game and we can maybe each out like uh well i won't give us our score predictions too early you'll have to wait to the end for that but um i think it might be good so yeah yeah and it is that it's a they're a team that uh if you paid attention to our preview with rave green tv and cheyenne he pretty much outlined how yeah seattle sounders their place in the west right now is a little bit of a red herring they're in fourth they look like they're, you know, a playoff team to a degree, at least uh, by numbers. But like us a little bit, it's a little bit fool's gold in that, yeah, there's issues abound. And uh, while we addressed a good number of ours, maybe not in defense per se, uh, albeit the uh, results would show something different, I think we probably were uh, a little lucky on the night, and uh, yeah, it's one of those things where Seattle and their fans, and at their stadium, it hasn't exactly been a fortress for them, and it's something that uh, Cheyenne of Ray Green TV even mentioned that uh, for the likes of RSL, likes of uh, the San Jose Earthquakes, they have kind of spurred their their form into even better form by letting teams beat them at home. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I think, three losses uh, in, I think, as many games at home. That's not good. So uh, we, you know, we kind of uh, lucked out a little bit in some regard that uh, they were hitting the post as well. But we were at least uh, in game state able to get the early lead. 
and capitalize on our, you know, like when we boss the game that well and basically look like a completely different team from the first uh, part of the season, it is, yeah, very encouraging. Uh, of course, as well, uh, that starting lineup looked different. It was a four-man back line with the center back pairing of Miles Robinson and Luis Abram. And then the uh, fullbacks with Wiley and Lennon. And that midfield, Hosetu, Muyamba, Muyamba uh, getting his first start, but also a first start for Shonda Silva at left wing, the new boy uh, from Dijon. And yeah, on the right wing, Mascara. And uh, of course, in the middle, Almada uh, and Yakumakis up top. But I think it was, yeah. Like something that just looked completely more energetic, more like something that we wanted to see, more one-touch play, more verticality, and you know, Muyamba just doing really, really well, doing kind of everything, all action, winning his duels, and a player that's, I mean, small sample size, but you know, in our midfields, we've looked dire, but how instrumental I think for you Michael was he in this match oh he was everything uh he was all over the place like you said you know trying to take up positions that he uh I mean he's 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 a total football player by himself you know when he sees a hole he fills it um it's I really really appreciated his like you know like uh utility belt type of service on the field um I hope that continues it requires a lot of energy it requires a lot of focus high soccer iq really appreciate that about him um and you know he was able to link up our attack too not just help out on defense or make the midfield a you know a, a solid state for us he was able to go forward um I, again like moving all over the field this guy was a was a problem for seattle and man i it's like i feel like i haven't like rosetto just isn't a problem a lot of times you know sajic just not a problem like ibarra is more defensive so he's not necessarily needing to be the problem but he's never the problem either so like we finally have some players who are turning up and their problems again and this is great for us um i mean looking at how silva debuted he was dangerous from the get-go 25 30 minutes in the guy was tearing it up looked extremely dangerous it's it's sad that he didn't get his first goal that game it was wanting the, the goal was like craving it like everything was just right there lined up multiple times for him man i hope the guy like you know can get back on his horse next game and keep at it and because the goals will come i think i think we have a good squad going forward um guys willing to make runs now and find passes and things were clicking they looked good yeah it tapered off towards the end of the first half and you know that's going to happen some games seattle started growing into it we weren't able to put the game to bed um but you know what and yeah like you said we had some luck seattle for whatever stroke of you know what i don't know what they did to piss off the soccer gods but they just could not buy a goal for the life of them so we were able to capitalize draw them out score the second go home happy yeah Maybe it's the uh, it's what they get for winning CCL. 
you know, it's uh, <laughs> the last version of CCL, I guess, in that sense too. But uh, no, it is it is this too. I mean, they are uh, in terms of uh, a team that luck has not been on their side for uh, a good number of the season, apparently. And for us, yeah, Shauna Silva, that debut really good. There were some aspects that, uh, you know, I'll touch on it in a second here. But, yeah, in large parts, he showed some flair. He showed uh, the ability to really make things happen. And he terrorized that left side. I mean, it was just that final ball that ultimately uh, didn't really uh, get bare fruit, I guess, in the, the, the large part. But, uh, you know, I, I think there's this, though. Like, Shauna Silva looks very exciting there is a worry for me about and it's just the, the smallest sample size uh, but just noticing that his ball striking not spectacular uh, it is a little under hit a lot of times yes the first one was deflected and so it was right at the keeper uh, his second one where he was aiming for the far right corner a little under hits and just a little easy for fry but uh so it's something to to keep an eye on as you know he's been bandied as a player that can play across the front line uh, as a striker sometimes if he's gonna play as a striker i'm going to hope that he can uh, strike the ball a little cleaner and a little bit more authority than he did uh but uh yeah someone that did strike it with very good authority Yorgos Yakomakis and wow I mean the uh the first goal just talking through that uh man that that run of play where Lennon uh yeah I mean he just the hustle to get on the end of that ball over the top and he was able to win it and not only win the corner uh in which yeah he smartly played it off of the defender to win it for the corner, but he uh, as well put in a very good ball. And yeah, I mean, Yakumakis did exactly what he does. I mean, just a unit in the box. And I mean, he's that target. He's that target when, uh, you know, you're crossing it in there. And yeah, bullet header where Fry had a hand on it, couldn't do shit about it. But uh, yeah, that goal, I mean, <clears throat> in terms of... Uh, <clears throat> Any of your thoughts on that goal as I take a sip because I'm a little under the weather, but yeah, I mean, Yako makes no mistake twice this game with his headers. Um, the first one, great. Um, like you said, Fry got a hand on it, but it was just so well taken. Second one, I think, like Fry just had no chance because it was hit off the ground and skidded, um, you know, directed downward at such pace, he just couldn't do anything about it. Um, I mean, the guy is clinical and deadly with headers. Um, so I get it. I get like why they're like, we need fast wingers feed in crosses to our monster in the middle. I get that. I see that's like kind of what they were uh, envisioning from the start. I was always trying to say we need goal scoring threats also on the wings, not just guys who just lobbing crosses all day. Um, Cause I was always afraid. I was still afraid of like the, the Joseph years when, you know, the, all the other team had to do was put like 12 guys on Joseph and he'd be an island by himself. Yeah, he can lob in crosses all day, but he ain't gonna get to a lot of those. Um, 
So I'm a little bit weary, but I mean, Yako really just goes, I don't care about what you do. I'm still gonna score that goal. So that's great. That's awesome. Um, I still, you know, despite Silva not scoring in this game, I thought he, he has the potential to be a goal scoring threat as well. And perhaps when Saba comes, I think he might be as well. That's looking good. Um, you know, our attacking prowess is looking really great. I mean, <laughs> it, we haven't had, I mean, like, I love Joseph's headers. They were so just athletic, but his is just so powerful, Yako. So um, it's exciting to watch. It's exciting to see us, you know, have the possession down the, the side and win a corner now. Um, I mean, we've been doing it for a little bit while now. I remember, you know, Air Force One comes to mind a little while ago, but you know, we're exciting now when we get a corner or a obviously set pieces because of Tiago Amada, but now it's the corners too. So it's exciting. Yeah. And it's such a, uh, <laughs> such a departure from kind of the first and second seasons where, yeah, from corners, we always played it short and yeah, we didn't score very many from those. We were always weary of the counter and yeah, I mean, you know, lately, at least uh, under Gazala Pineda, we look very deadly on set pieces, uh, especially with Tiago Mata, of course, like you're saying. And so, yeah, we have targets. We have uh, guys who can, uh, yeah, I think, you know, make it really a problem for the opposing uh, team to deal with. And yeah, we have some giants on this. Uh, we have some units in the squad. And we're utilizing it so it is something very good uh yeah and to speak on that goal the second goal as well uh where yeah Tiago Amato was able to find a ridiculous amount of space where uh, Seattle probably just kept backing off and backing off and Almada just uh yeah was able to find a ghosting into space Yakumaki's at the back post and uh that's kind of what you need I mean that that connection staying strong Omada, Yakumakis, they uh, they love finding each other, and Yakumakis knows what to do with it. Which one was your favorite? Probably the second one because it's just so such a smart one, such a smart one to head it down and right past. Like it, Fry maybe could have gotten something on it if you know if it was somewhere else, but straight down like that just throws them off, and it was just smartly taken. Oh yeah. Yeah, fully agreed. Um, and yeah, to your other point as well, where yeah the the tactics seem to be where at least uh, for Mascara to come on uh, or not come on, but that start at right winger was to probably feed Yakumakis, and uh, it is yeah Mascara his performance uh, a little divisive, I would say, where you know. You're looking for better decision making. You see some good things with him in terms of his pace, in terms of going at his man, and at times, uh, you know, getting a good ball in. But uh, that that final ball from Mascara, it's a little wanting. But uh, yeah, what, what do you see from Mascara on the right? Yeah, I'm not sold on Mascara. I mean, in general, um, his past performances with us and with previous clubs and on his loan uh, haven't been some, you know, something to write home about for me. So I wasn't expecting much, and I think we're 
seeing much. I think we're probably going to hopefully, uh, if, if, if the world will allow us, move on from him, you know, in the future. I don't think he sticks around too long. Um, however, you know, while he's here, I fully intend and hope that he does well. Um, I want everyone on the land to do well. And he is no different. And he has the potential to do well within a, a, a system within a team that's very good. And it looks like we're turning a bit of a corner into a good team. I'm not going to say that's a definite thing yet or we're going to be great. But we have some really strong pieces going forward. Um, and you know what? Mascara, if he, he may not be the best at what he does, but if he just keeps going at it, keeps throwing it cross keeps dribbling yeah he, <laughs> this game messed up a good amount of times but like you'll eventually start something will hit something will click and the goals will come so like you know I, do i do i think he's here for the long haul no but like you know while he's here i think he can do some damage um especially just with his just his speed alone to open up uh teams on the back end i really think that is a, an important part of our game stretching the other team and he's excellent at doing that. I mean, he really makes other teams kind of crap their pants and they see how quick he is um, running down the side. And then they just try and get back and all of a sudden they're split out. And then it's that, it's that, that, uh, that cut back pass, man. That's what's going to kill people. So I, I was really, there was one specifically in this game. Mascara had a perfect cut back pass. If he lifted his head up and see Almada running in wide open space into the box, he could have easy blasted that in but he didn't look up didn't pass the the ball back in time and you know nothing happened from it but i i hope they saw that and they're like we need to do more of that exactly yeah i mean he uh he's got oodles of pace uh it's picking up his head and looking around when you're on the ball which to be fair i mean that's that's kind of the uh, the issue with a lot of uh pacey players is that yeah, they won't always be looking for other players. They'll, you know, pretty much try to find something for themselves first, maybe, and uh, and then, you know, maybe put a blind cross in, that type of thing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, his shot there as well when uh, he blasted over the bar. It's just, yeah, there are a good number of things where I was just like, oh, man. Uh, it's the, the weak link on the... Uh, on the 11 for sure it's the the one name that you're like ah, not so sure about him but like you're saying as well like i i hope he does well when he's playing with us and yeah it, it's uh it's a wonder though like is he here for the long haul yeah, i have my doubts as well but uh so yeah getting further into the match uh i mean yeah two nil uh you know obviously we were sitting a bit pretty uh but yeah we did still have some to do uh i mean a lot of the uh the team still uh in terms of biyamba in terms of uh some of the you know new players as well they were taken off we had to to manage this game a little bit still um you know like montero for seattle he was looking a little bit dangerous, uh, just not very clinical, unfortunately for them. But uh, yeah, he had some a couple of chances that uh, they probably, honestly, should have buried. Uh, Rui Diaz had a chance as well that uh, you know had me uh, sweating a little bit too. 
it could have been a different game if they had scored and if we didn't put our uh, goals in uh, in the back of the net. And it's just uh, one of those where, yeah, it could have been a different type of night where instead mm-hmm. of uh, where we get, I think this might be back-to-back wins on the road, uh, but... If it's not, either way, we've won one last month and won one this month and uh, on the road. And before that, we were anemic. We were 22 games without a win on the road. So it's much better. <laughs> we'll take the result every single time. But ultimately, yeah, we want to see this carried into a full match for one and then into the next match. So... Uh, it's encouraging. It's uh, it's on a level where there's exciting play. That's oh man, like it, it got got us off our seat. I would say. I mean, no doubt. And uh, yeah, I mean, as well, Brooks Lennon playing in different areas uh, than he's normally used to. I would say because when you think of Lennon, you know he's bombing down the right wing. He's going to the byline. He's uh, you know, he's crossing endlessly. I think you saw a different style where he was taking up different spaces on the pitch and he was playing a little bit more infield, uh, playing more uh, kind of as a, as a midfielder, as a like, defensive midfielder at times, allowing Mascara to be on the right wing and playing balls through. I think we saw some dynamic from Lennon that man I mean I'm encouraged it's uh it's something that I'm I'm excited to see if he can uh take his game to another level here because if he can start doing some Julian Gressel like early balls uh if he could start you know maybe some through balls from deep a little bit more I think we could see Brooks Lennon hit something that's uh is very very exciting but uh what were your thoughts on Lennon um yeah I mean like like you said he's exploring a little bit more space that Mascara affords him on the pitch um and I think that makes him more dynamic and interesting um and it makes defenders have to kind of scratch their heads a little bit more when going up against him because he's not just the one trick pony uh typically where he just runs down and tries to lob in across because when he tries to cut back it usually doesn't work um so yeah i mean i really like what he's doing there um again it kind of comes at uh like a give and take in that you now you have mascara on the right wing who's who's been like occasionally he's been all right but it's for the most part ineffectual so while you do have Lennon exploring more space and being more dynamic you now have mascara trying to make up for you know the duty of getting those crosses and running down the side and yes while he does the runs very well um don't pick his head up doesn't look around brooks at least had that so it's a give and take um i think it we're probably better for it because again you know brooks is good at stretching their back, back line too but i think mascara is probably a little bit better and i think brooks can be more of a utility in doing this new type of this new type of thing that he's doing yeah and it's uh it's very in vogue obviously right now with uh some of the top teams in europe uh inverting your fullbacks a little bit and uh kind of getting some numerical superiority in midfield in which uh case 
yeah, uh, there's a great need for us in that, in, uh, in shielding our back line and uh, a lot of kind of the issues born out of not connecting our lines. Uh, yeah, I think there's something that was really, really just something different than we've uh, we've been used to seeing all season. So very good stuff that uh, I can't wait to see more. But uh, yeah, Lennon's uh, assist was his 24th regular season assist for the club, and that tied Tito Vishalba's uh, for or Tito Vishalba for the third most by an LAI player in the club's history. So uh, definitely really cool stuff there. Uh, Caleb Wiley, this was also his 50th game for uh, LA United in all competitions. And he's the second homegrown player to hit that mark after George Bellow. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's possible he could uh, equal that in uh, this season, pretty much. So, um, But in terms of uh, this match, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, the narrative is going to be, and we are kind of burying the lead a little bit earlier, uh, the narrative is going to be connecting this game to next weekend's game against Nashville is that what did we learn from this? Is this an a Atlanta United who has taken a turn for the better? Or is this, like you kind of alluded to, fool's gold, right? Um, Seattle having their own struggles. We took advantage of that. Um, it could have easily have been a different story because let's talk about how Yako and a couple other Silva, they, were, they had a bunch of chances missed. That Yako goal at 11, I think it was 11 minutes, could have been another one of those misses. Very easily. And if that happened, we're at zero. Seattle goes into the game. They score one because now they aren't drawn out because they're now chasing the game. They can play their game like they were from the beginning. And at, you know, a new resurged Seattle um, coming at us when we started to fade away towards the, you know, the end of the first half. They could have easily put one of those chances away throughout the game that for whatever reason they missed so many of them um, that we're very fortunate that they did. And all of a sudden you're looking at a 1-0, we're chasing the game. And then very easy for Seattle to put a second one by us because we're now stretched thin. So I feel like, you know, we'll see the next game will be the kind of the litmus test to say, okay, was that kind of fluky? Or w was there something really here? I think it's a bit of both. And I'm interested to see to what degree it's one or the other. Yep. I think your categories, because, uh, yeah, if uh, anybody else can hear ah. the, the meowing, it's uh, very That's adorable. That's why we have uh, sound gates, and uh, I guess it still comes through. It's, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> it's uh, the, the most uh, adorable type of distraction. But <laughs> the uh, anyway, yeah. That's the match. That's the review. And LA United will be playing Nashville SC, like aforementioned. Later on uh, in this week, it will be on Saturday. And we'll have that preview in this episode. So stick around for that. But before we get into that, let's get into the news. And LA United, they're about to unveil the third kit. It's the AT Aliens kit. Uh, we talked about it last episode. But in terms of the... Uh, yeah, there's some uh, allusions, obviously, to, uh, you know, not only the South uh, with Southern hip-hop, 
Outcast, Goody Mob, uh, pretty much Cabbage Town as well with Graffiti. It'll be very interesting to see how the reception is. So far, the reception isn't great. Uh, we will see how large a part the fans take to it. I love Outcast, as many of you know. I'm probably still going to get this kit. I haven't gotten a kit, actually, I mean, to be honest, uh, in some time. But uh, it's one of those, man, I don't know. It's Speaking of divisive, it's divisive. But uh, what are your thoughts on this, Mike? Um, I mean, I like Outcast too. I I like what they attempted to do with the the with the kit. Um, appreciate it. Thought they had some good ideas. Execution maybe not have been perfect, but um, I mean, I think it's a good attempt. It's, uh, you know, it's it's fine. I think it's fine. I I think I might get it. I'm still undecided. You know, I'm not in love with it or anything like that, but like it's it I think it's fine. So yeah. 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 Not a glowing assessment, obviously. Uh, but it is uh it's like yeah, you know, like it's dope enough to a degree of like it represents Atlanta. And if you have seen the AT Aliens uh album cover, it's reminiscent of that. Uh, yeah, it's a the execution is I think the uh, the main part here where uh, you saw that graffiti of the ATL UTD on the, the Cabbage Town walls, and you were hoping, oh, yeah, okay, this could be cool. There's some different things that they might do. It's literally just the ATL UTD symbol or the graffiti on the kit several times. In bubble letters, right? In it's bubble letters. Like it's like, okay, I mean, yeah, but. You know, it's our it's our kids. It's 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 outcast. I mean, it's I'm torn. I'm so torn, man. But it is what it is. I'm I'm gonna like I said. I'm probably gonna get it. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> it's a fun, it's fun. kit. Yep. You know? It's a uh, you know like in in terms of loud kits like the uh, that uh what was it called exactly? But uh, the ones with the flowers. That was like pretty much a rainbow. It was the pride kit. Yeah. Um, that one's louder than this one, to be fair. But uh, yeah, the design was a little bit more intricate. And I think that's the uh, that's the, the rub here is that you were hoping just a little bit more for something uh, more. So, something more. I mean, period. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, we'll move on from that into. Uh, where Yorgo Shakamakis, he uh, not only made the uh, team of the week, or team of the match day, as it's being called now, uh, where also Tristan Muyamba and Gonzalo Pineda uh, made that squad. But uh, yeah, he made that 11, but he also got the player of the match day, which was very well deserved. I mean, yeah, two goals that were also very very good highest quality uh in terms of headers yeah it's something that uh yakumaki's uh he's just uh, a guy that's i mean uh not only this like he is one of three players uh i think it's a record for a season apparently of uh being player of the match day 
uh, at least uh, for Allen United. So uh, three players that have made the player of the match day. Unfortunately, that hasn't translated into our record into a shining, uh, you know, top of the league. But, you know, we'll take all the plaudits possible. But um, as well, uh, there was a number change for Thiago Amada. Uh, you may have noticed he is now number 10. Uh, he joins the likes of Miguel Almiron, of course, Pete Martinez. And, yeah, I mean, it's uh, hopefully he will... You know, I, I think it, it shows a, maybe a letter or number of intent that he will be staying for the rest of the season because there have been rumors abound. But yeah, I mean, anytime there's a number change mid-season, you think that player's probably going to stay. But what, what are your thoughts on uh, our new number 10? It's curious to me um, in a good way because I think, uh, you know, when you he when you heard it, you heard that Almada was surprised with the the ten to change, um, and that's interesting to me because it's like okay he didn't ask for it and he was given it. Um, I think what this entails is that the club is now asking him to assume a a leadership role because the ten traditionally is a player like that, and um, I mean that is an area where he can develop more uh like obviously he's great already you know in terms of his ability of course he can improve blah 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 but he's he's really good and where i think he can do better is like learning how to be you know a, like a commander and to lead his players and things like that because i think that that's a trait that'll do him well um when he moves on so i think that the club kind of uh, uh pushing him into that is a very good sign and God knows, I mean, we've said this multiple times on multiple episodes and live streams. The team needs more leadership. They they desperately need it. And I think it's coming. And I think we're seeing more like charisma players, more confidence players, more, you know, people who uh, can just kind of pick people up who are feeling down and get them right back up and going again. So um, I'm excited to see how he develops in terms of donning the number 10. Yeah, I think that's fascinating. I mean, uh, you know that's something that he he will need to develop. Obviously, still a very young player, but uh, as well optics, I think this is probably something, uh, maybe a reason why he was given it too. Historically, obviously, the best players on the team wear the number ten. Uh, Luis Araujo, maybe aside, uh, Marcelino Moreno. Uh, that's a dig, obviously, but yeah, I mean, I think we all. We all know Luis Adarujo in the number 10 shirt didn't exactly show him the most. But uh, in terms of uh, Marcelino Moreno, of course, he also wore that kit uh, or that number as well. But, uh, you know, if you're a scout on another side, yeah, you're going to look at who's, who's their number 10. You know, it's going to catch your eye. And so it's one of these things like if you haven't heard of Tiago Almada and you're you know, a European scout for a top team, which, it, I mean, he's been linked to Man City. It's, yeah, like, I'm sure most teams know of Tiago Almada at this point, but uh, I think they'll still, they'll catch their eye even more. They'll be drawn to yeah. what he can do, and maybe it can up the, the fee, just like buy a couple mil. So it's something that I think it's a smart thing to do. 
uh, and especially if the rumors are true that he didn't ask for the number. But anyway, uh, speaking of former, uh, I guess, at least players that played in the 10 position, uh, Ezekiel Barco, he, uh, of course, playing very well for River Plate just helped them uh, win a title. But uh, he has been linked with Feyenoord, and if he is sold, there will be a sell-on fee for Allen United to coupe. So, really, really interesting there if he is sold to Europe. But, uh, yeah, and on the other flip side, another former uh, number 10, at least, uh, Piti Martinez, of course, of Al Nasser, where we sold him to, might be going back to River Plate. And so, a lot of musical chairs going on. Really fascinating. I mean, uh, yeah, it's just like Barco playing well. Uh, Peter Martinez, uh, I mean, in Saudi Arabia, it's a whole different animal now. Obviously, with uh, Ronaldo there, with Sadio Mane, with just the ridiculous amount of players that are going to Saudi it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be fascinating the uh, the level of players that are uh, going to move over there. But uh, I still can't get over how Joseph Martinez is playing with Messi yeah. and PT was playing with Ronaldo. It, yeah. It, it's not even five degrees of uh, Kevin Bacon. It's one degree. <laughs> it's one freaking degree where they're, I mean, inarguably, two of the best players to ever play on the planet. But, uh, yeah, moving on from that, uh, apparently during the transfer window, according to uh, Vene Casa Grande, rather, uh, LA United, they made an offer for Vasco de Gama midfielder Gabriel Peck, uh, and it was turned down by Vasco, who believes Gabriel is a main piece for the squad for the remainder of the season. But definitely interesting that, uh, yeah, they went all over the planet a little bit, uh, which might go against a little bit of uh, kind of where we look like we were shopping in Ligue 2 more so than anything. But you know what? Uh, it's all those. It's the, the rumors that don't happen that are always as fascinating, too. But uh, and uh, another rumor that's. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a goalkeeper that is doing well, but uh, former Maccabi Haifa and Sacramento Republic goalkeeper Josh Cohen, uh, he uh, apparently, it, his MLS rights are held by Atlanta United, uh, kind of uh, the discovery rights, I'm sure, but uh, there's a recent offer on the table, but at the present, uh, he maybe feels like he can do better in Europe, so uh, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there, but maybe a secession plan for Brad Guzan, of course. But uh, yeah, definitely encouraging, actually, to see that a goalkeeper was being targeted. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it shows a little bit of long-range thinking, you know, um, and that's what we're expecting with Garth being at the helm now. Um, we're seeing a lot of these these kind of like plans that are going to unfold over the course of a couple maybe even a few three four seasons um and you know that's something that i feel is very refreshing because i feel like we haven't had that so much as it always kind of seemed like we were trying to you know turn a buck on really hyper talented players and 
not looking for you know this kind of like dynasty building project that uh seattle was interested in for the longest time and you know they've seen a lot of great success with it and now guard this here trying to recreate the model so hopefully um you know this is part of that i mean you got to have a good goalkeeper brad is on his way out eventually i don't know when um but you got to have secession and succession and so i think that uh this is a really good and very kind of um on brand for garf to be thinking along these lines yeah uh yeah definitely it's it's succession i i think i bespoke there uh secession is definitely something different completely but uh, <laughs> uh but anyway let's move on from that and yorgos yakumakis apparently is getting some interest from europe uh, that's according to Tom Bogert. And, uh, yeah, there's apparently not an offer yet, but it could change. I mean, the European transfer window still is open. and uh, But apparently, Allen United have no interest in a sale for Yakumakis and uh, that the player is happy in his debut season. Uh, I think a lot of us are vehemently saying no. <laughs> uh, injury record aside... He's a player that obviously has been killing it for us. And uh, yeah, uh, with that kind of dynasty building that you were just saying, he's a player that I'm sure is a big part of the plans because a player in his prime, a player that has the ability and has shown the ability in this league. Yeah, that's not something that we're going to just going to give away cheaply. But yeah, you have, uh, you have thoughts on... If Yogos Yakomakis uh, should be sold this winter, uh, he, he shouldn't be. I don't think there's any real danger of him being sold. I think when they say interest, I think that it's probably clubs um, that are looking to see if they can get someone on a deal or, or for cheap. And and you know, that that's not going to happen with Yorgos because yeah, we got him for not that much money comparatively. Um, and if they offer like something like 10 or so, whatever, that's a, we'd make a good amount of money on that guy, but no, it's not going to happen. Um, I, everyone can kind of relax. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. It would, They're not serious interest. Right. Exactly. It would unsettle the side a lot and it's pretty much, it's kind of where we're building, you know, a, at least part of the team around Yakumakis. So yeah, I, I see it very hard to, uh, yeah, to move this guy who just came in as well. So, yeah, not probably going to happen. But uh, speaking of someone that is about to come in, Saba Labzanitze, uh, he has his visa and he's expected to arrive in Atlanta early next week, uh, apparently. And uh, that's this week, apparently. Uh, and Jamal Tiare still waiting on his paperwork. So, uh, yeah, we'll see if that does happen. Um, but, yeah. Well, actually, early next week actually means this early next week. So, not actually mm -hmm. this uh, this week. But, so, uh, yeah. We will see when he actually can come in. Unfortunately, that puts him out at pretty much uh, about three or four weeks when we actually announced him. And that is troubling how long it actually took to get this process going. He's our one of our DP players and uh, of course there's the rumor that he will be bought down but does that worry you that it took this long to make this happen 
Uh, I mean, not really. I think there's more of just a conversation about different, you know, countries, visas, the, the timelines that they have. They're not all the same. Um, and they have their own, in, you know, troubles and complications, depending where you're trying to get a visa from. So, you know, I think that's probably more what that is. So I, I don't I don't know. I, yeah, I'm not really concerned about it. I, I hope he's here for the next game. That's all I care about, really. Um, and getting enough, you know, uh, time to acclimate a little bit before hopefully maybe he could play against Nashville. So that's what I'm really kind of focused on. Yeah. Because it is, I mean, it is the business end of the season. Nine games left. Uh, it will probably be eight games before he can actually probably take part. There's not a ton of time for him to acclimate. So, yeah, it is uh, going to be remain to be seen. And uh, Jamal Tiare still uh, as well, that same deal. So, yeah, I mean, it might be into uh, the 6-5 game mark before Tiare can... Uh, get into the squad but yeah uh, we just cannot get injured then exactly we'll just have to rely on miguel berry oh dear <laughs> but exactly exactly uh but anyway uh moving on from that tyrone mears a name that you may not have heard in quite some time but our 2017 right back who unfortunately also lost his job as a right back but he is uh he got a job as tata martino's uh staff on inter miami and uh, yeah, so that according to Felipe Cardenas, uh, he was at training and yeah, I mean, he, part of the staff, helped them win League's Cup. And so congrats to not only Tyro Mears, but Tato Martino and Joseph Martinez. Uh, yeah, during that uh, post-match press conference, you can see a little bit of that uh, that love from Joseph Martinez uh Pretty much bullying Tata Martino with the uh, champagne showers and uh, putting his arm around him so he couldn't leave uh, when there, he was at the podium. And uh, yeah, I mean, shit. It's, uh, it's scenes that I wish we were part of. I wish it was our team. But to see those guys one enjoy... Day. Yeah, one exactly. day we'll one win day. Leaks Cup. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, to see those guys enjoy, it did warm a place in my cold, cold heart for Inter-Miami. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> basically as well, last bit of news. LNI 2, they uh, lost 4-2, unfortunately, against the New York Red Bulls 2. And, uh, yeah, not a great run of form lately, unfortunately, for them. It's uh, been a very dire uh, run of results. But, uh, yeah, hopefully they can start turning around and uh but you know it's always been about development for that uh for lei2 but yeah hopefully some results as well uh to go along with uh with all that but so that is the news and uh let's get into the match preview and as mentioned before we will be playing nashville sc on saturday at the benz they currently reside in sixth in the Eastern Conference. We're seventh. Uh, our last six against them, the record has been where there's three draws and there has been three losses against Nashville. Not the best form, unfortunately. And, uh, of course, we also lost in April at Jodis Park 3-1 where Hani Mukhtar tore us a new one. Uh, that was not fun. 
That was, uh, I, yeah. I'm fearful of this match because of Hani Mukhtar. And uh, let's be real. I mean, outside of Lionel Messi, probably two or three of one of the most dangerous players in the league. I mean, he pretty much carries their attack. And it's uh, something that absolutely we'll have to look out for. Uh, but uh, part of their problem as well is that not every one of their DPs is hitting. Uh, of course, uh, one of their other DPs is Walker Zimmerman as well. But uh, yeah, they have lost as well uh, in the offseason Dave Romney and Ake Loba. Uh, but uh, Fafa Picalt, he's been a. Uh, I think a very good player for them that's, uh, yeah, is someone that we will have to look out for. And, uh, yeah, as well, uh, Walker Zimmerman, he's uh, joined in defense by Nick Dupuy. So, uh, yeah, I mean, their side that, of course, was in the League's Cup final, they arguably, in the game, played better than Inter-Miami. But, uh, yeah. It was ultimately they were undone in penalties at the very last kick where their goalkeeper, man, like very bad penalty. Let's just be real. But uh, yeah, I mean, a very thrilling shootout if uh, if you like those. (laughs) Not everyone. Not everyone loves those. And so, yeah, uh, in terms of for the pundits and their predictions for this team, it's kind of interesting. Uh, Yeah, basically, they have them as high as fourth and as low as 12th in the East. Now, obviously, uh, they're in sixth right now and in a playoff spot. I would expect them to probably... Uh, do pretty well in the playoffs, actually, as well as they have in League's Cup. They're a cup team. They're uh, they're a team built for, uh, you know, those short run type of uh, competitions where you can play more defensively and you have a player that can create some moments of magic and really put you to the sword. So, yeah, I think uh, you know it. If and when they make the playoffs, they will be a tough out. So, uh, but in terms of against us in this match, I mean, yeah. If you uh, saw us on the five takes on the five stripes podcast, uh, we go pretty in depth on our thoughts on pretty much what we need to happen. But uh, I'll reiterate here a little bit. My thoughts are essentially that it's a very much a must win for us uh, on Saturday because not a lot of fans, I would surmise, stayed up late to watch that Seattle Sound Sounders match uh, till the end anyway. And if you did, it was probably a little bit of a struggle. I mean, a lot of people's you know bedtimes, it was passed for them, but... Uh, yeah, it's something that's, you know, to regain that casual fan base back, uh, to want to watch a game like that, that's on the West Coast, MLS After Dark, all of that, yeah, well, you need to show up on that type of match at the Benz, 
where you put in not only a good performance, but also get a good result against a very good team in Nashville SC. That's how you gain the fervor of those casual fans that pretty much, let's be real, have left the stadium and probably have stopped watching a bit of the games. So it's something that I think is important. It's a factor. And, you know, I think if you look at X or Twitter, uh, the number of, I guess, followers that they've lost. We were, we were the first team to, uh, you know, hit over 1 million followers, but we're still now languishing at like 995 languishing. But yeah, it's something that is very fascinating. I think has and will play a part. The optics are very, very important here. We need to be able to follow up this great uh, performance in the first 30 minutes at least against Seattle Sounders and translate that into a full performance and result. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, like I said earlier, this is going to be the litmus test um, whether or not what we did in Seattle can translate to you know our our future and, and games going forward and hopefully results. Um, I think you know this is going to be a tough ask. Uh, yeah, Nashville had just lost kind of heartbreakingly against Miami. Um, but, you know, they did pretty well against a tremendously stacked team, which we are not. So that is a bit of a worry. It could be that, you know, they are off their game because of that heartbreaking loss. It remains to be seen if that will, if, if, it, if they are emotionally affected by this. There's a good amount of uh, veteran players that are quite shrewd and mentally uh, stable in their minds. And I I would imagine they will be able to get picked right back up and uh, get going uh, after a loss like that. So I'm talking about Honey Mukhtar. I'm talking about Zimmerman at least. Um, and those are the two danger men, which, you know, you always have to look out for them. They're almost always good for a goal. Well, specifically Hani. Um, so I'm worried about that. I think we have some firepower and it really... You know, if we can score like we did in the last game, this is going to be kind of a, you know, a like a like a heavy hitter, um, you know, uh, high scoring game, and I think it'll be exciting to watch. And hopefully, it'll be like you're saying, um, something that the fans will be treated to. And hopefully so. But uh, yeah, so let's get into our predictions then. So. The starting 11, let's go through the 11 together. Guzan, obviously, between the sticks, although you have heard some uh, some chatter about maybe somebody else possibly needing to start. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, not for this game, I would say, uh, but I would say that, you know, I mean, I'm saying I, I've heard people talk about, well, if you're going up against a team, that is very uh, that's known for their long range, good shots on goal. Um, perhaps a goalie like Guzan is not the best at shot stopping from distance. He is known to be caught flat footed. Uh, perhaps a decent shot stopper like Diop could, in a pinch, solve a problem like that going up against a team uh, that has like some snipers on them. I don't think Nashville is that team. I think Hani 
and Zimmerman score on you in different ways. And Staffelberg, whatever his name is, but I don't think he's playing. Um, so I don't think that that's the concern, but still kind of an interesting way of thinking about how we can deploy our different goalkeepers. Yeah, uh, and it's interesting as a thought experiment, but I think ultimately uh, the experience of Brad Guzan, the uh, command in the box, which is very important, and the leadership that he brings, plus he's our team captain. Uh, it's, he's undroppable, unfortunately, until he moves on from the, the five stripes, unless he just really uh, yeah, plays so poorly that uh, a run of form is, you know, just it's so bad but so it's Brad Guzan between the six I think uh, that one's the most obvious one but uh, into the back line uh, do you think we're going to play with a four man or are yeah, we going I to I think we're going to go yeah. we're going to go with what worked yeah so yeah it, <laughs> not much might change but uh, yeah Lennon and Wiley as the fullbacks for me uh, same for you uh, yeah, I mean, like, it's when is, you know, I I, just, I wish Hernandez could be more of a, you know, someone to give Lennon a break once in a while. Um, maybe he could be a sub, but it's just that's a kind of like a strategic, strategically a loser to, to, like, you know, unnecessarily sub, you know, a fullback like that. So, yeah, it'll probably be Lennon. I just wish, like, Hernandez could be called upon more often. Yeah. And it could be interesting if uh, Hernandez started at right back uh, and then Lennon started at right wing. But, and I mean, very well, could be. But uh, with Ada McFadden now with Memphis 901, well, the fullback death is pretty short. So uh, Hernandez being able to play both sides uh, in terms of uh, as an outside back, then I don't think there's going to be... Uh, Probably the usage of uh, Lennon, especially with all the other wingers that we brought in. So, uh, yeah, I think it persists as that. The center back pairing, Miles Robinson, Luis Abram. Uh, I think uh, that probably is going to persist too, yeah? You? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then into midfield, Muyamba, of course. Uh, I think it's going to be the starter. Gotta be. No doubt there. But the uh, man next to him, that is the question. Are you going to persist with Hosetu? I wouldn't, but I think Gonzo will. <laughs> so yeah. I think he'll he'll pick Rosetto again because he didn't have a glaringly bad game, and um, I, I I'm I'll be remiss to just not mention in the game against Seattle, Rosetu had the ball, progressed it by himself up into the attacking half. The defense didn't pressure him, didn't come at him, respected him, and allowed him to take like two hits. And I thought for a second that I was taking crazy pills. Maybe, oh man, he he's 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 learning. He's actually gonna progress the ball. He's gonna go forward. He's gonna join the attack. No, he he like almost back heals it. He stops, puts it backwards. Very little pressure on him, and he does that. That blew my mind. I was like, come on, man. I thought we were making some progress here. Like yeah. we're turning a corner, and now nope, he's just like right back to, oh, wait, yeah. completely, uh, completely unpressured. But he's still just it's yeah. That was that was rough to watch. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that's yeah, it's very frustrating. He's just so negative with the ball, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is that. I mean, he can keep it 
uh, ticking and defensive for us if we're trying to keep possession. But I think uh, we need something different a little bit in this match. We need somebody that, uh, yeah, we need a couple of guys to bring that steal. And I think Amar Sadich is that man. Uh, mind and heart are saying different things, obviously, because mind says that, like what you said, Bucetu is going to start again. But uh, Sadich, I feel like, should be the guy that starts next to Tristan Muyamba. Uh, yeah, a guy that can, I think, bring a little bit more defensively. In which case, yeah, we need somebody to track Hani Mukhtar as well as Muyamba. And so, uh, you know, asking Muyamba to do all of that is maybe a lot. So uh, I think that's the pairing for me. Into the wings. Uh, let's start on the left. Shauna Silva gets that start again. Yep. Uh, yeah. On the right, though, would you persist <laughs> with Mosquera? God, no. And if Saab is available, that's who's going there. Yeah. And that's uh, that's the big question. So if it's not, Mosquera probably is the guy again. Um, yeah, or, you, yeah. Or, or could be Derek Etienne. Yes, you have that. Or you also have... Uh, Machop Chol as well, or uh, Tyler Wolf. I mean, yeah. Now all of a sudden we're uh, flush with options. Now uh, it's kind of picking from not the best crop of uh, end product, unfortunately. But I think, uh, yeah, he's probably going to persist with mascara because you know it's the winning eleven, and uh, so it's probably not going to change too much. And uh, the other two probably are the easiest ones to pick after this. So, Tiago Mata, Yorgos Yakomakis in the 10 and the 9 position, obviously. If they're healthy, they're going to play. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, our two DPs, they have to. Uh, I think we are reliant on them, and we need them to perform and deliver for us. But uh, what do you guys think? Let us know in the comments below what that starting 11 should look like. But let's get into the score prediction then. What do you think is going to happen? I think, like I said earlier, Nashville's good for at least a goal. I think Hani Mokhtar scores. Hard to keep him off the score sheet. I think uh, possibly, I think there's a decent chance that Nashville tries to get a, uh, a set piece uh, corner or something and Zimmerman gets a header in. It's a good chance I think it's they score two. But I also think it's a decent chance that we score two at home with uh, Tiago a free kick and Yako some kind of crazy mix up in the in the box where he just bashes it in yeah i mean it's one of the most common score lines for la united this season and of yesteryear uh 2-2 it's not a bad shout i also have it as the same and uh yeah if i were a betting man it's probably gonna be that or a loss but, I will say, I'll add one more thing that yeah. the difference maker in this game, I believe, is going to be, because I think there's going to be goals on both sides. Yeah. Difference maker is going to be who steps up outside of the, the you know, guys you already know who are uh, primed to score. Um, and I'm talking about Silva. I'm talking about Saba if he plays. Um, I'm talking about maybe even Moyumba or players that have a nose for goal who can make a difference and maybe haven't yet. Uh, those play I'm not sure who exactly they are on Nashville, but those are the ones in Atlanta. And if they step up and they make a difference, 
that'll be the difference. That'll be a 3-2. That'll be a 2-1. That'll be a victory for us. Right. Yeah, the 3-2-11 uh, and, uh, and more, really, uh, the squad players, too, uh, they have to step up. They have to, I think, make a statement and, uh, yeah, kind of make a point that, hey, you know, there's not just these two DPs that are uh, world beaters for us. We need to, yeah, do something about it and show why we uh, deserve to be in a higher playoff spot than we are at the moment and possibly get a home playoff spot. And so, yeah, very important for the squad and especially important if we are to get the three points. So, uh, yeah, what do you guys think? Also, n let us know in those comments below, but... That pretty much is the episode, except for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, which of the new signings will make the most impact in your opinion? Very curious. I mean, what do you think? Um, eh, I, <laughs> I think Saba. I think Saba, just because of his billing, you know. But sure. I kind of want Silva to just kind of... I really wanted him to get a debut goal. Uh, it hurt. It hurt watching it not happen for him because I feel like he took it a bit to heart. So I think I hope he comes out hungry this game, and I hope he bangs one in, and I hope he starts making me think maybe he's going to be the difference maker instead of Saba. But you know, if Saba has to step up and do it, I think uh, that would I would be partial to that too. Okay. I mean, yeah, porque no los dos, but uh, yeah, it is. Uh, I think if you were a betting man, I mean, yeah. You know, it's probably correct, Saba. Uh, but Silva, him being a former Prem player, uh, albeit albeit he didn't play that many games in the, the Prem. But uh, yeah, you know, that type of level and him being alone. I mean, it's a kind of a, you know, a little bit of a, uh, you know, kind of a hidden gem type of thing that uh, possibly uh, we might be able to uncover. Who knows? But also let us know in that comment section. Uh, really looking forward to what you have to say. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Michael, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening.